So what I want to talk about this morning in this special celebration is about our shared history and our enduring connections. Now, full disclosure, although I've had the opportunity to hear many, many excellent sermons, this is the first time I've been asked to deliver one. So this is a new experience for me. And while I'm not a religious scholar, and you will realize that by the end of this sermon, but unlike some of the outstanding faculty members in your congregation and in your church's leadership, I'm up for the challenge, so I will do my best, but I do ask for a little grace um, uh, this morning. Now, I've spent my entire career at colleges and universities approaching four decades. And I think the reason for that, at least in part, has something to do with my family. So let me just say a little bit about that. I come from a family where learning, questioning, and debate, beginning with my siblings, but then working up to my parents, um, at least has been, in part, something that is part of my upbringing with my family. And it's a family where learning, questioning, and debate was part of growing up. Now, I I am very privileged to have been exposed to learning from a very young age. My father is a professor, and I've always understood that great power that education has to uplift people and change the world for the better. And that belief is also a fundamental part of my own faith, Judaism which has influenced me throughout my life through its teaching about respect, ethics, and yes, always study and learning. Now, as Pastor Smothers said in the introduction, I've been in Atlanta and at Emory University for only two years. But Atlanta was one of the reasons my wife Carmel and I decided to move here, to be part of a large, vibrant, and diverse city. I value our university, Emory University's place within Atlanta, and the importance of our strong relationship with the people of the city that is our home. And Atlanta First Methodist United Church, as one of Atlanta's very first religious congregation, shares much of the same history as Emory, each in its own distinct way shaping our society and transforming with the ebb and flow of time. Together, our roots run deep and are linked directly to the Methodist story. In 1836, the Georgia Methodist Conference received a charter to establish a college in Oxford, Georgia, that would be named for John Emery, a Methodist bishop, who envisioned an education that would enhance the character of students enhance the character of students as well as their minds. A little over a decade later, the Methodists who worshiped in early Atlanta would construct a log house, an interdenominational chapel, and at one time was shared by at least five different religious groups. But ultimately, Atlanta's first Methodists built their own place of worship, completing Wesley Chapel in 1848. The following decades, of course, would bring tremendous change of war, civil war, emancipation, reconstruction, 
and legalized segregation. In those early decades of the 20th century, Emory College would move here to Atlanta, where three of our university presidents would serve as senior ministers in this very church. And Atlanta First United Methodist Church would be rebuilt several times over before finding a home right here within these beautiful walls of Stone Mountain granite, along with the only church bell in Atlanta known to have survived the Civil War. I just find that amazing. A church and a university that literally grew up with this city. Now, 175 years into the story of this church, today I look out and see you here and those live streaming a far more diverse and welcoming congregation than its founders could have ever imagined. Led by a pastor who is the first African-American woman to take on that role, a congregation deeply engaged in social justice, supporting the unhoused, and nurturing vital connections across religious communities. Rising from that past is still with us, but also envisioning a more equitable future. And the same can be said for Emory, and in recent years especially, we have taken a hard look of who we have been and importantly, what we want to become. Now, as the pastor said, I came to Atlanta in the midst of the tumultuous and tragic summer of 2020. As America faced a profound moment of reckoning, sparked by the murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, and here in Atlanta, Rayshard Brooks. But fueled by centuries-long history of racism, discrimination, and violence against black men and women, and as someone new to the city and new to Emory, I knew that I needed to listen and to learn. To hear the voices of a coalition of our student leaders who were repeating the requests of black students at Emory, requests that had ranged over the decades, had been made over the decades. I needed to learn about their concerns and find out how our university could address them and be a force for change and for good. Now, Emory's history mirrors the history of the American South. And like this church, our university has struggled with its own past that we must confront. But the qualities that drew me to Emory included its mission to serve humanity, a commitment to justice, and a record of being willing to change and grapple with the most challenging social issues from the fight to integrate colleges in Georgia, but still a decade after Brown versus Board of Education. We must strive to be a university that leads and in turn prepares our students to become leaders themselves who are inspired to create a more just society. To that end, Emory has taken action to improve the experience for all of our students, to live our values while confronting the injustices of the past, to, force, to forge a stronger and a more inclusive future. Now, my time at Emory, those steps have included, and I'll talk about a few. 
first developing new relationships and engaging with the Muskogee people whose lands Emory was built upon not that many years after the Trail of Tears. We are studying and preserving the stories of the enslaved individuals who constructed our original college in Oxford. This includes engaging our community and the descendants in creation of memorials for Emory's Atlanta and Oxford College campuses in recognition of the lives of the enslaved people who made Emory possible. A year ago, we hosted a major national symposium on our campus. It was entitled, In the Wake of Slavery and Dispossession, Dispossession Emory, Racism, and the Journey Towards Restorative Justice, which connected present-day racism to the history of slavery and land dispossession. Scholarly examination of long-standing honorific names on our campus has led to the changing of names of several buildings and a national research center. And working closely with the Emory Police Department to improve law enforcement at Emory to serve our community for all. Now that is just a start. We have much more work to do, but I am proud that, of the progress that has, Emory has made so far. Now, Pastor, Pastor, when I accepted your invitation to speak, I learned of your 175th anniversary theme, Forward in Faith, Forward in Faith, based on scriptures from the book of Hebrews and reflecting in your church's continuing mission of putting faith into action. In the Jewish tradition, faith is something that lives deep within us, a fundamental part of who we are as Jews. But it's not a passive exercise, rather more of an action word that includes grappling with discomfort and ambiguity and opening up our minds to new perspectives so that we may understand, empathize, heal, and transform. There's a Hebrew phrase, tikkuno olam, tikkuno olam, words that literally mean repairing the world, tikkuno olam, repairing the world. In Judaism, this phrase has been applied frequently as a call to action to fight for justice, to give your time, energy, and resources to those in need, rising from the belief that we are all interconnected and that we can make strides towards healing this world of ours. While we can only make a small contribution to this enormous task of repair, as individuals, we must not be daunted by the scale. We must find our own way of making a difference. But how do we go about doing that? The question brings to mind a reflection of a brilliant 19th century rabbi, Israel Salantar, who said, when I was a young man, I wanted to change the world, so I tried to change my nation. When I couldn't change my nation, I began to focus on my town. I couldn't change my town, so as an older man, I tried to change my family. Now as an old man, I realize the only thing I can change is myself. And suddenly I realize that if long ago I had changed myself, I could have made an impact on my family, 
my town, and my nation. The town's impact could have changed everything, and I could have indeed changed the world. Like the members of this church, Emory is a community of individuals with the ability to change themselves, our university family, our communities, and ultimately the world. The fact that a university founded by Methodists has long been home to a vibrant spiritual community, including Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim, and many Christian denominations and other faith groups. And now, go figure, its first Jewish president. It's a reminder that we must know our past, we can transcend it and learn from it. And any time you walk across the spaces within Emory's Canon Chapel, you'll find Muslim students in prayers, Jewish students gathering for the High Holy Days, or Christian students preparing for a Sunday worship, like right now, rituals unfolding in the same sacred space. And later this year, thanks to the leadership of our chaplain, the Reverend Greg McGonigal, our students will be able to gather in the new Emory Interfaith Center, which will allow them to practice their own faith traditions and learn about each other's traditions, a community hub for celebrations education, and dialogue. At Emory, the fabric of religious and spiritual faiths creates a richness and a depth that lays the groundwork for understanding and strengthening our community. And I find that even now in a world that is tested by war, disease, climate change, and political divisiveness, and so much uncertainty, our students still look to the future with hope. That, too, is an incredible act of faith. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., whose life, leadership, and vision for equality changed Atlanta and then changed the world, described faith as taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Throughout our shared histories, there are so many times that we haven't been able to see the whole staircase, not even perhaps the first steps. And yet we continue to climb those steps knowing we will get there. When I reflect on the work ahead for both Emory and Atlanta First United Methodist Church, I'm comforted knowing that our faith in the future our driving belief in the need to support our communities and repair the world, our willingness to demonstrate Takun Olam will always be there, a guiding force for change and good. Now, nobody complained about a sermon being, a sermon being too short, so I want to say my key message for this sermon is education can serve as a critical way to drive change whether in an Emory Lecture Hall or a Methodist Bible study, learning and discovering can strengthen our understanding of history, our commitment to our values, and our connections with others. And through that knowledge, we are better prepared for what lies ahead. Both our institutions have an important role using education to propel action and positive change and empowering real progress. Just think, the groundbreaking 
you've planned to cap off this 175th anniversary celebration in partnership with the City of Atlanta. You are developing new, affordable, attainable housing to provide families a way to live in downtown again. And I join with many at Emory in thanking you for your vision, your courage for being an inspiring force in our community. As I finish, I'm reminded that part of your church tradition is including a scripture reading, and that was part of my assignment. But I do remind you that is not my specialty. But I will leave you with a well-known verse from the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 1, that has been carried forward in song that I remember as a child of the 1960s. For everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And here in Atlanta, I believe this is our season for learning and growth, for reconciliation and repair, for service and action. And this is our time to learn that in our lives we have the ability in our own distinct way to help one another and create that vision for a future, celebrating our differences, coming together to learn, teach, and give of ourselves. And to do that, in part, to heal the world. So thank you for inviting me to be part of your historic celebration. Congratulations on 175 years of service to Atlanta and my best wishes for continued success for this congregation for generations to come. Thank you.